Hello and welcome to Checked Out. We're broadcasting from Euclid Public Library in beautiful Euclid, Ohio. I'm Casey Armstrong, Director of the Library. And I'm Mike Stein, Assistant Manager of Adult Services. We talk about our favorite books, movies, services, and events with our favorite people and our favorite community. Each podcast will feature a theme. Today, we're talking about a unique exhibit at the Maltz Museum. Our special guest is Dahlia Fisher, Director of External Relations for the museum. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. So for those of us who haven't been to the Moss Museum, tell us where you are located and a bit about the history of the museum and the goals of the museum. First of all, thank you so much for having me. This is a really nice privilege to be together. The Moss Museum is located at 2929 Richmond Road in Beechwood, Ohio, and we are open uh, Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. and late on Wednesdays until 9. And we do individual tickets and we also have group tours for students and adults uh, that can be pre-organized as well as drop-in tours um, on different days when you can come in and hear a docent take you through any number of our galleries with different kinds of tours. Uh, the museum is rooted in the Jewish value of respect for all humanity. And quite recently, we actually updated our logo um, to include that tagline, Maltz Museum Respect for All Humanity. It's more important now than ever, we feel um, that everyone knows they're welcome here. And we want to share the story of not just Jewish immigration um, and Jewish life and culture, but also many different cultures and peoplehoods races, religions. Uh, we explore many different facets of human life here so that we can all get to know each other better. I agree. The museum is really beautiful. And some of the exhibits that you've hosted there have just been outstanding. Um, recently, I was able to attend the Ruth Bader Ginsburg exhibit, just uh, phenomenal, um, very educational, uh, just really opened up my eyes to um, some of the things that she had done for women and, of course, for the legal profession overall. So we thank you guys for sharing your history, your your faith, your traditions with us. And I just agree that the museum is stunning. Thank you. So uh, let's talk about your current exhibit, This Light of Ours, which is based on a book of photos by the same name. What can people expect to see when they visit? Will they see the same photos from the book on the walls? PCS, the exhibition is right out of the book. Um, it's the book brought to life in a physical structure and form. I have to say, I will tell you out front that this exhibition was here in 2016. It premiered in Cleveland. And I happened to be working at another organization um, that said it was a requirement for all of us to come see the Maltz Museum's This Light of Ours, activist photography of the civil rights movement. It was so moving, so stunning, it made me want to work here. And um, here we are producing it again in a voting year. It couldn't be more relevant or more important than to come and expose yourself to history that brings you up to date to now. Um, but the photos are absolutely stunning. They're all black and white. They're by activist photographers from the movement. Um, and they're organized into four different sections. 
Um, and those sections are roughly divided by, um, in themes and highlights, Black Life in the Deep South, Organizing for Freedom. There's a section on Marching Against Fear and the Right to Vote Today. And we did add a new section uh, about voter suppression uh, then and now. So um, it's timely. So are these pictures, are they mostly from the 60s? Are they current pictures? Does it cover the entire, you know, all those decades? So um, great question. This slide of ours, the book, um, is a collection of photographs from nine activist photographers that were inside the movement. And that is the predominant collection of photos. Then you move into the end of the exhibition. We've added a display of hate symbols and recognizing hate symbols. Would you know them if they saw them? Um, and then there's the newest edition is about is current and has current images are very current modern times with video interactive. So the book itself by Leslie Kellen, one of the things that's so special about this is that many of those photographers who were there and witnessed firsthand um, what was happening in the Deep South during this really you know, tumultuous time in our history. It was a time of bravery and courage for some. Um, and it's also a time of real historic sadness. We lost some people that we do talk about in our programming um, who were there to do the good fight, help people register to vote, and they were lynched um, and they made news and they helped you know, transition the nation's attention toward what was happening in the South. And the reason I bring that up is that those photographers that were there, you know, they weren't paid by the media to capture images that told a story that, um, you know, any one story might need to be told or, you know, from a newspaper. They weren't like there for the moment. They were part of the activist movement. They were part of interest in showing and recording and documenting history in all its different forms. They had access to people and stories that maybe other documentary media footage might not have seen, you know, um, more intimate moments. And so these photographers, many of them are no longer with us. But earlier in the exhibition, um, the first round, when it first appeared, um, there was a audio recording of all the photographers taking you through each image. And we have that audio recording. And so today, if you come and you choose to do an audio recording, it's on your phone, you just scan your phone onto the QR code and it takes you to the audio tour. You can listen to each photographer tell you about the photo, what was happening at the time, what they remember, what the photo meant to them, how it ended up in the book, et cetera. Different stories come out for different photographers at different images, but you can hear them tell you about their experience firsthand, which is really an incredible experience. Yeah, it sounds like it would be very moving. And you touched on it a moment uh, in your previous answer, what the next question was going to be, that you guys have entered into the new technology with the interactive exhibits. And one of them is you have an artificial intelligence version of Cleveland civil rights leader, Reverend Otis Moss. So can you tell us how this interactive biography experience was created and how people can interact with a computerized version of a real person? One of the things that makes this experience so unique is um, unlike the audio tour in which you're just listening to something being spoken and you're absorbing it, um, this artificial intelligence 
experience allows you to interact on a different level. So um, it's auditory because you're listening. Um, it's visual because you can see uh, Reverend Moss in front of you um, in this really super high def uh, screen where it seems like, you know, if the room was black, it looks like he's sitting right in front of you um, in, in full dimension, but it takes you to this other level where you can actually ask him questions and he will respond using um, the same type of technology, I believe is like Siri. So, you know, um, Siri, tell me what the weather is, right? Um, if you asked, if you push the button and said, Reverend Moss, tell me what the weather is, he might come back with an answer like, I'm sorry, I can't answer that question. <laughs> or he might say, um, oh, the weather in Georgia when I was a child. It just depends what word triggers a response or what how the different words trigger responses for the computer system. So he spent some, I don't know how many hundreds of hours, right? And cameras and, um, and he was filmed in this fully dimensional process with hundreds of questions being asked over the course of many days. And the product means that um, when we went through beta testing, at first you could only answer a few questions because that's all that the technology allowed us to trigger, but the more questions we needed to do something like the beta test, like 150 questions a week in order to trigger responses. And the technology was updated in real time um, on the back end. So every day he got smarter. It was fascinating. <laughs> and we have this fully conversational version of Reverend Moss <laughs> in, our, in our midst. And he's a founding board member of the museum. So we all know him really well and personally. And it's just you revere him like he's actually in the room with you. It's so fascinating and cool. I recommend everyone and anyone who has the opportunity to talk with one of these interactive biographies to do it. Check it out. It's really museum artifacts and it takes to a totally different level. Well, I'm just fascinated because I'm such a um, historian at heart. And just to think that you guys have all of this um, audio um, what a great way to track oral, oral history one day. Um, but my question is, we talk about the technology. How long has the Maltz Museum been using these types of technologies from the QR code and the audio tours to now this whole biography experience? Um, so how long has that been in process? And then how valuable is this resource in, in sharing the history? I'll answer um, about the the duration first, um, because I could talk really for hours with you about how important and useful this is to our local community, our regional, national, global community in terms of history and authenticity uh, and truth uh, and uh, personal experience and how important it is to take the time to listen to people who lived through history, to understand it um, from a different position than just a history book or a meme, um, you know, to span this, the spectrum of how we learn about history today. Um, okay, so we'll pause on that and go backwards. <laughs> I'll say this kind of interactive biography, this height of technology in museum exhibition is something that started with the Shoah Foundation's Dimensions and Testimony Project, um, where they started recording Holocaust survivors because 
Holocaust survivors were in their last decade of being with us. And we know as a Jewish museum, um, many of our colleagues who work in Jewish museums or Holocaust museums also share this sentiment that when a student or even an adult meets a survivor for the first time, or not even the first time, it could be a, you know, a second, third, fourth, tenth interaction, the experience of hearing someone tell the story and being able to answer questions about life when history was happening connects with those visitors and those listeners on a completely different level than looking at artifacts, watching a film. You can't um, replace human interaction, except you can come close with this AI technology. And so while we can't keep our survivors here with us forever, um, we decided that we wanted to try our best <laughs> through technology to keep the experience alive for our visitors. We find this to be one of the most important ways that we uh, connect with our audiences is through um, this interaction and experience. And so um, Stanley Bernath, a blessed memory, was a local Clevelander who must have spoken to tens of thousands of students over his 40 years of speaking about his experiences in the Holocaust. He was beloved by many, many, many um, people here in um, our regional area and beyond. He was amazing. And he was selected as the 15th Holocaust survivor in the country to be recorded in this way several years ago. So the museum made the investment and took the initiative to have Stanley become part of our permanent collection. I will tell you that we did the beta test and Stanley was with us. It took a year for the, the testing to shake out, for the new, the new model to come out. And just as we were planning on releasing it, the pandemic hit. So we weren't able to showcase Stanley Bernath and his AI version of himself in the same way that we would have hoped to. Um, and by the time we were able to, he was no longer with us. And so when we re-released him um, post-pandemic, you really felt the sting of how important this technology is. And so when we're here, we talk to him like he's really here. We're like, hi, Stanley, good morning, Stanley. You know, because <laughs> there he is in full form um, and able to talk to you and answer. You could ask him a question. He'll tell you something about his life. It's pretty amazing. What was your favorite childhood song? What did you like to eat for breakfast? You name it. Um, all the way through, what were the names of the concentration camps that you were in? What's one of the um, memories that you wish you could um, erase? What about... Um, something, an act of kindness that kept you going. He, he will talk about um, just about anything that, that you can ask. Um, and if he can't answer, he will say, um, I can't, I don't know. I can't answer that right now. Try again. Uh, try, try a different question or try phrasing it a different way. Uh, sometimes it's also the issue because it's, you know, it has to be simple, asked simply. So um, when this was all happening, our uh, managing director, David Schaefer, said, oh, my goodness, we can't waste this moment in time. Reverend Moss is 
a founding member of the museum, a local Cleveland legend, important nationally, internationally. And he just took the leap and said, let's not waste the opportunity to do this again. And, you know, it takes a couple of years. Um, so he was, you know, they were, the process started pretty shortly after Stanley's beta test, I believe. And here we are now with an AI version of Reverend Moss to capture civil rights legend telling his story of growing up in the South and the challenges that he had to overcome. And what the two men share that's fascinating is this incredibly optimistic attitude that um, anything is possible and you have to keep moving forward. You keep going forward um, and that you keep fighting um, for what you believe in at, at all costs, you keep going. So they both say, you know, never give up basically. They share that sentiment, which is really incredibly moving as we think about how the museum shares stories of courage. They really share stories of courage um, and triumph amid great struggle, really terrific hardships. They've both, they both really tell a story. As I think that um, Reverend Moss is about 87 years old now. Is that correct? Um, you know, I don't know his birthday off the top of my head. I apologize, but I think he's, yeah, like around 90. In his 80s. 90. And Stanley was also. Wow. Wow. So to expand on a little bit of what, what you were talking about with the interactive exhibit, what's the reaction by visitors when they come to this light of ours and they see this interactive exhibit? How do they react to it? And even Reverend Moss, how would he react to seeing himself? He could sit there and ask himself questions. I think that'd be interesting. Oh, sure. I mean, we, we have that available for you uh, to check out. The first time he saw himself with his wife, Edwina, I was there and boss David Schaefer was there um, with them and we were able to film it. And it's a really sweet moment. It's sort of, I think, shocking to both him and his wife Edwina to look at himself and say, oh, there I am. And now we're gonna present a short clip of the Reverend Otis Moss speaking, representing what you can hear at the Maltz Museum's exhibit. Thanks to the Maltz Museum for providing this. We are here at the Maltz Museum, where the Reverend Dr. Otis Moss Jr. and his wife, Edwina, are about to see new technology that has turned Reverend Moss into an interactive biography so that visitors will be able to talk with him long into the future. What's your story? I am Otis Moss Jr., an eternal fighter for justice, human rights, civil rights, and the right to be a human being. And you can view the entire video on the Moss Museum's website. Reverend Moss is a gem. Everyone should get to know him, given the opportunity. When you come to the museum, Reverend Moss and Stanley Bernath, what we've just talked about, um, those are permanent parts of our collection. So uh, visitors will be able to come, school groups will be able to come um, year round for the future um, to hear and um, interact with, with Reverend Moss. However, the exhibition, this light of ours, is a temporary special exhibition that will close April 2nd. I think one thing that's really awesome is that the exhibition is dedicated to Reverend Moss 
And there is a clear connection between the exhibition and his experiences. To see that together, people are blown away. There's no way that you couldn't be blown away. It is an incredibly powerful exhibition. Um, and Reverend Moss is an incredible person to interact with. It's cool. It's very cool. It's really looking at history and then also experiencing something so modern um, and high tech. Two totally different experiences coming together. And people are wowed. We get great feedback. Um, and, and really, it's well-deserved to, I want to say to Leslie Callan, um, who put this all together originally. The book itself is beautiful, too. I think that there is also a YouTube video on your website where you could see the reaction of Reverend Moss and his wife, Edwina. So I recommend folks go to the mossmuseum.org website to take a look at the um, actual video of the reaction of Reverend, Reverend Moss. Yeah. Oh, please. Yes, do. And you can share it here. Share the uh, there's also this really wonderful video that we did with um, Reverend Moss and Milt Maltz, who's the founder of the museum together, um, who's also uh, not in his 90s, early 90s. They're about the same age. Um, and the two men talking about their history um, from, you know, very different backgrounds, but um, coming up and fighting the same good fight uh, in different ways is so sweet. and powerful and moving. It's, I highly recommend checking it out. They're just historic in their own right. Um, and you hear two icons in conversation is really incredible. Um, I want to share one more thing about the exhibition that you can't see or feel or experience um, flatly. You have to come to know what it means. And I'll try to share it with you. But you had asked earlier in the program about the book and what it's like to come here. And one of the things that's different about the book versus coming to the exhibition is not just flipping, you know, you can flip through the book, it's stunning. You can look on a wall and see photographs, gorgeous. But here, what has happened is that in the process of creating the exhibition, um, the museum went through the process of actually putting you in place in time so before you walk through the exhibition, you actually step into um, a model plantation house room, what would have been um, imagined in the deep south. So the um, photographs in the exhibition, I mentioned the Black Life section, what Black life was like in the deep south. There are many pictures of the homes that were in the rooms that were popular at that time, um, what real life was like. And so the museum actually used those photos to create a model room. So the room is a physical representation of what those images might be like if built in our space right now. Um, so you get to step back into time, into the mid-1960s in the Deep South, as a ground setting for where you are before you move in to look at these images. And I think that experience, even though it's just moments of your time as you move through, changes the way you experience the exhibit because it gives you a, a sense of place 
And then you can also see um, structures that are um, that have images brought to life. So there's um, a structure that has a photograph um, enlarged on it that says coloreds only and whites only for um, bathrooms. And one of the images is enlarged almost as if you were looking at it today. And that is so powerful. It, it, I have chills even thinking, just talking about it because seeing it, reading about it, hearing about it is not the same as walking into it as if, as if it was right now. It's so beautiful. This is really one of the most beautiful exhibitions I've personally ever seen. And when I say beautiful, I, I mean it in full scope of the human experience, that it's moving, emotional, it charges you, um, it educates you. And there's joy in it too, because you see so much hope and so much movement in the images of the movement. And if you want to look at the book, The Slide of Ours, you can request it through the Cleveland system. Go to euclidlibrary.org and go on our online catalog, request it. Uh, come in the library and ask for it at the help desk. And you can read the book as well as go to the exhibit. So uh, I know you guys have plenty of other events going on at the museum. So what other events do you have coming up in December and the kickoff 2023? So thank you for asking about that. I would like to mention one of our most important celebrations. It's an annual celebration. MLK Day here at the museum is a big festival of crafts, um, opportunities to hear Reverend Moss, um, the interactive. And then we also have special programming throughout the day. And it's always free every year. It's usually a full house. And as part of our special day, Reverend Moss's son, his name is also Reverend Moss. He's um, the Reverend Dr. Otis Moss III, and he's um, a renowned pastor in his own right um, at the Trinity Church in Chicago. And he is coming for MLK Day to do a book launch. And so I'm mentioning it specifically because it's about a book and you're a library, and I thought you might like that. <laughs> Um, not just because he's so amazing, but he is incredible. We, he's been here before. He came for the exhibition launch. He spoke with his father and Dr. Alex Johnson. It was amazing. He is wonderful, wonderful. And this book is exciting. Um, his new book is called Dancing in Darkness, and it's a life-affirming guide to the practical, political, and spiritual challenges of our day, drawing on the teachings of Dr. King, Howard Thurman, sacred scripture, Southern wisdom, global spiritual traditions, Black culture, and his own experiences. He will share with us um, moments from the book, and there will be an opportunity for a book signing. So I really recommend checking that out, because if you love books and you love writers, um, this is a great, great opportunity to step into the civil rights movement with a current day leader. Um, but we also have really great programming um, this December, January, February, March, all around the exhibition. We have um, a series called Be Counted, Your Vote Matters on um, safeguarding voting rights. Uh, we're joined by 
coming up, the um, Bar Association in March is going to do a program on the case of Moore versus Harper, a discussion on independent legislature theory. So we span um, from arts and culture to um, some of the more technical um, components of what's behind um, voting and the legal system. Um, and then we also um, offer a really great series called Investigate Documenting Cleveland. And the next program I wanna give a shout out to is called From Huff to Ludlow, Exploring Cleveland's History on the Civil Rights Trail. I don't know how many people are aware about this incredible resource right here in Cleveland. Um, the Civil Rights Trail is really something. And so this is an opportunity to meet and talk and walk the path um, as the um, trail says, walk the path to equality and learn the history that was made across Cleveland during the 50s, 60s and 70s history that's still being made today. And so um, that's an opportunity to come and learn um, from um, various people um, from the Cleveland Restoration Society to scholar and residents at the Civil Rights Trail um, and the Trails Community Engagement Manager, um, as well as some of the people who are relatives of um, those who contributed to the original Civil Rights Trail. So that's an incredible program that takes Cleveland's history um, and brings it to life. So um, I wanna also just, anyone arts and culture oriented, we have Explore Art, Activism and Identity as another series. Um, and then one more arts and culture that I think everyone should put on their calendar. It's called the Blacks Museum, Poetic Performances of Activist Poets. And this is Michelle R. Smith. She's an award-winning poet local here in Cleveland. Um, and she will bring together artists to reclaim and, re and share um, activist poets through Black History in honor of Black History Month. She'll be setting these poets up or these actors who are reading poetry up in the museum, in the gallery. So you'll actually walk through the special exhibition space to hear um, poetry come to life based on different themes and different sections of the exhibit. I think it's going to be really exciting moment in time. So check it out, multimuseum.org. You can see all of our programs there. Sign up, join us. If you come into more than three things, membership is like free. So become a member for discounted um, and free programming. Your, um, your visitation to the museum is always free. Um, admission is always free when you become a member and programs are discounted or free. So it's really worth it. And we could use everyone's support as a arts and culture institution in Cleveland. Thank you so much for all of that information. And I do too encourage everyone to please visit the museum. But I do want to end because we have so much, unfortunately, anti-Semitism happening lately. And um, just a quick conversation on what we can do as parents and educators or family members, community members, to help combat these types of things and to help increase the knowledge of the Holocaust and the importance of us helping our children to learn about what happened. I think, first of all, thank you. Thank you for asking that question. We really feel it here at the museum. I think as Jewish community members, we feel the rise in anti-Semitism sort of looming over us. 
it's so present in the media. Uh, we've had these recent celebrity posts um, that popularize um, debunked myths about Judaism. It's dangerous tropes that are being spread. And because of how information travels um, and that there's a lack of curiosity in so many young people, it is young people who we really need to reach more so than anyone else because um, your minds are the most flexible until you're right between birth and um, 26, I think. And, and so if we're not filling um, the well, so to speak, with information about history and peoplehoods that are positive, that are um, inclusively minded, then we go down a dangerous path because once your mindset's fixed, it's really hard to change it. Um, and that's true, not just for anti-Semitism, it's true for racism, xenophobia, homophobia, all the isms, as I like to say. And I, um, and I think that one of the things that we do offer here is the Stop the Hate program. Um, and that allows individual students or schools to participate in um, a program that brings students into the museum. They can take a tour of the museum. Um, if you go through your school, you can also um, participate in the Stop the Hate Tour, plus um, our partners, Lake Erie Inc. or um, Roots of American Music do um, in-classroom workshops that are about um, self history, then self-reflection, um, and then creating an essay. It can then be um, submitted to our scholarship contest. We give away um, through generosity of a donor $100,000 to students and schools annually. This is our 15th year. We've reached some 50,000 kids over the course of these 15 years um, and invested you know, 1.4 million into Northeast Ohio um, students and schools in the um, outcome of positive change and seeking positive change in the face of bias, bigotry, and hate. So this is one thing that you can do. You can explore our education portal at learn.maltzmuseum.org, whether you're an individual or a school, even adults are welcome to participate. Um, there's an online digital tour um, about Stop the Hate that we created during the pandemic. If you're not able to get into the museum to, to tour, and I think that's one of the things that we do here. I also think that there's so much that you can do in your own lives, in your own homes, um, about the way we talk about each other and using inclusive language that lifts up people rather than putting them down. There's so many microaggressions that if you're paying attention, you hear. And again, this is not just about anti-Semitism. This is about othering in general. And the less connected we are as people, the less face-to-face -face time we have as people, the easier it is to other, the easier it is to um, dehumanize and categorize people, which is why that those face-to-face -face interactions we talked about are so important because we're all human, we're all people. And 
that's the most important thing is that we treat each other the way we want to be treated inclusively. There are other organizations to follow if you're interested, ADL, AJC, um, Facing History is an excellent resource. We've partnered with CMSD this year on our curriculum for the school um, learning guides related to this light of ours. Um, those schools, those students are so fortunate to have teachers that bring their kids often to the museum. Um, we're so grateful for their partnership. I think that everyone should walk through our doors at least once. That's what I think. Come visit us. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree. It's truly a moving experience. So those who are listening today, please take your family, go on, go on your own, but definitely walk through the doors and uh, take a look at what the Moss Museum has to offer. And once again, you're located on Richmond Road, kind of just down the street from Beachwood Mall, right? And oh, yeah, we're right. Go to the mall, bite, do some shopping, and <laughs> come visit. Shaker and Richmond intersect pretty much right around that area. Yeah, we're um, we're close to actually right uh, Woodland and Richmond. We're mm. right Woodland and Richmond. And thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we're so grateful that you took the time to talk with us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Checked Out. You can learn more about Euclid Public Library by stopping by or going to our website, EuclidLibrary.org.